Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio, and uh, I have no idea what happened to the opening. There was supposed to be an opening. It was supposed to be a really good opening. Oh, no. Oh, no, you didn't. Actually, starts out with a, oh, no. Where did everybody go? Where'd JT go? Where's everyone? Everyone's gone. The music's gone. Everything. What happened, folks? All right. Well, you know what? That's it. That's the start. No music, no nothing. Uh, everybody left. Everybody's back. I have no idea. A little glimpse. Oh, no. You didn't. That's how it goes. How's everybody doing tonight? Welcome, everybody. Fancy Jester here. Fancy Jester show. Interesting start. Folks, brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, FantasyJesterSports.com. Not just Blog Talk Radio anymore, folks. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Blueberry, Spreaker, Spotify, Lipson's Buzzsprout, Audio Boom, and Simplecast. Everywhere. Starting to be everywhere. Like, you know, oh, boy, I'll tell you. It is fun times, and the one thing about all of that, I have to start out, and before we get into the show, I, I really have to start out with a thank you. Uh, a thank you to everybody out there. This past week, we experienced a, a record, record week of downloads and streams, and that doesn't happen without all of you, the fans. But also, I have to thank everybody here that works so hard. Uh, JT, Tate, Kid Kelly, Jordan, the staff, uh, everybody uh, does a fantastic job to help make it grow as fast as it does. And uh, I couldn't be more happy with the direction everything's going. And again, we are going to keep bringing it to you each and every Saturday night from every direction. You know, whether it's the MLB the season's underway. People are losing their minds after two days. Uh, there are people getting dropped onto the waiver wire that really shouldn't. You know, we're going to discuss that and what to expect. And that's right. Don't forget, you know, if you listened to the show last week or, you know, listened throughout the week on all the social media outlets, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, you know about the crop report. Tonight is the crop report. Very first edition. We're looking forward to that. JT Tate and myself going to bring you some of the things all season long that you should know that you really truly need to know as your season progresses. You know, one of the things that we uh, make sure that we try and get out there is this. How fast can we get you the information? Pay attention now as baseball season has started. You've got myself, Jason Townsend, Tate Dello. Not just me, but these guys here are the guys to pay attention to as the season progresses with call-up news. How many of you know Andujar from the Yankees are getting called up? Third baseman for the Yankees. They need a bat. Injuries are happening on the Yankees. We'll be talking about that. But we'll also be talking about a couple other people we have for you tonight on that crop report. Then we're going to have football. You know, how, how could you not talk football and everything that's going on with Odell? You have the video that's gone on. 
you have a supreme talent, you have a video that's gone on, and now you have an owner who comes out and says, I'm tired of talking about this player. The guys and I are going to sit and discuss, would you want him on your team? Do you want Odell on your team? Do you want Odell on your fantasy team? NHL, going to drive JT a little crazy with this one with the Devils. I know him and his Pittsburgh Penguins. And, and finally, the Penguins finally beat the Devils this year. Uh, congratulations. Took overtime to do it. But finally, after your fourth attempt, uh, congratulations. Are they the team? You know, there's always that that team each year, the underdog team. Is this it? Auction details. <laughs> He has some interesting uh, auction details for everybody. A very, very funny and sad story all at the same time. You'll enjoy that. NBA, Fultz is back. You know, what's his expected fantasy impact moving forward this year and next? We're going to be talking about a little bit of everything tonight. So sit back, join the show, kick back, grab a nice drink for yourself. Enjoy the next hour as JT Tate. And myself bring you the Fantasy Justice Show. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, I didn't. And here's the thing. Oh, no, the NFL didn't. For those of you new to the show, it's time. I've got to get to my rant. I've got to get to my rant and get it out because I've mentioned it before, and it really deserves the attention as you continue to watch the declining It was the declining numbers last year of the NFL. And it's such a simple solution. I don't understand how, and and usually that, I guess, I guess I just answered it myself is because it's so easy and such a simple solution to the problem, or at least an aid to the problem is why it's being missed. And that is this. Roger Goodell has a legacy he's building as the commissioner with the most player suspensions. Now, I don't mean as commissioners go. I mean as a commissioner compared to all the other commissioners combined. Let me repeat that. Roger Goodell, compared to all the other commissioners combined, completely at four to one, blows away the other commissioners and player suspensions, four to one, all combined. You talk about Zeke, and, and hey, listen, as a Giants fan, them missing Zeke, the Cowboys missing Zeke, really wasn't breaking my heart. As a football fan who enjoys good quality football games, it did. It's disturbing to go ahead, and I can only imagine, you know, if you're a season ticket holder of the Dallas Cowboys, And you're going to not see your star running back for something that occurred, possibly may or may not have occurred, and turns out it didn't, and all that stuff, and rescinded. You're going to lose being able to see that talent for something that did not happen on the field. That part I don't agree with. Now, if it's something on the field, yeah, and you have player suspensions, that's one thing. I understand in-game suspensions. Something that's happening outside the sport, and you've got a sport that's losing a viewership, that, that, that's just 
That's just stupidity right there. You don't, you don't, you don't take your most marketable people and put them where people can't see them. Anybody please explain that to me, how that is a good business decision. I have no idea. And before I continue to go on about Roger Goodell, I, I think I really should stop. Get JT, Fez437 on Twitter, folks. Tate Dello in here. Let's get them in here. Let's start with JT and uh, coming to you from Dallas. The Dallas area, actually, is the one, the only, Jason Townsend. JT, what's up, man? Jester, I feel like I'm in a – we're filming the episode of, or maybe Lethal Weapon 5 and you're Murtaugh, and, and I'm Riggs, and it's, will it to me, Riggs, will it to me, you trying to will the New Jersey Devils into relevancy. It's just, <laughs> I feel it, and will it to me, Riggs. So, uh, you know, if you keep trying, they may, you may get in there sometime, but we'll, we'll touch into that later on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I knew I'd warm the cockles of your heart with that, without a question. Um, let's go ahead. Let's get Tate in here as well, and then we'll, uh, we'll, get, to everybody's, uh, we'll get to everybody's rant. We'll start with – Let's get Tate in here, and let's go ahead and let's have him rant, and then we'll get to JT. Let's get back to JT in a minute. Tate, now it's your turn, man. How are you doing? You ready for today? Hey, good. Yeah, absolutely ready to get going here and uh, talk some sports for a little while. Uh, I'm going to start off. My little rant is not really a rant. I'll kind of go on a positive note. Um, nice. I thought it was interesting the other night, a couple nights ago, a uh, guy by the name of Scott Foster 36-year-old accountant, got his chance at glory to uh, play about 13 minutes of uh, ice time playing goaltender for the Chicago Blackhawks. Guy's never played a uh, minute of pro hockey in his life. He played uh, four years at Western Michigan University, but uh, the other night uh, signed as the emergency backup goaltender, which apparently he's been before for the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, Crawford is obviously out on uh, injury. Uh, Anton Forsberg hurt himself before the game. And Colin Delia was making his NHL debut. Well, he had to leave the game with about 13 minutes left with some cramping. And uh, Scott Foster got the call from the press box to get dressed and get his butt down on the ice. Got to play 13 minutes, face seven shots, and shut out an NHL team for 13 minutes in his NHL debut. So, uh a little positive note, seeing the uh, emergency backup goaltender, Scott Foster, 36-year-old accountant that plays in a beer league in the uh, Chicago <laughs> area, getting to play in the NHL for uh, and shut down an NHL team. Pretty much every weekend Warriors uh, dream scenario, isn't it? Absolutely. Fun. Absolutely. It'd be a great, phenomenal experience. Hey, uh, hello, Tate. This is the Buffalo Bills, and, uh, you know, we're short, we're short of QB this week. Uh, you mind filling in? You know, could you Well, I'd like that? to see that. <laughs> that. That would be a little more interesting than me trying to play hockey again. So, <laughs> please, please tell me that it would be against one of the league's top pass rushes as well. Um, you know, maybe get a little Vaughn Miller action in there, or, you, know, you know, something like that. Ouch. Take the dancing with the stars. You know, yeah. we're talking NFL, or on the subject of the NFL, we're talking about Odell. We're talking about videos. We're talking about this other stuff. Odell Beckham, 
It's something I said to Jester last week. We were discussing the wonderful New York Yankees. Do I hate the Yankees? Absolutely. With a burning white hot fire, I hate the Yankees. What happened to them this afternoon made my evening. But I don't care. Put Stanton on my team. Put Judge on my team. If they're going to help me win a trophy, I don't care who you play for. So when I look at Odell, I look at a guy outside of the injury last year. I look at what this guy's done over his career. And people are actually questioning, do you want this guy on your team? Who cares if he's a big mouth? T.O. was a big mouth. Randy Moss was a big mouth. That didn't shut down what they did during the game. These guys produce. I, I can't believe that people are questioning whether you want this guy on your team. That, that's my problem for this. The guy's an all-star. The guy's a pro bowler. Yeah, you want him on your team. Tate, what about you? Um, I'm right there with JT from from one perspective, but I also have a different perspective on it as well. I'm I'm right there with the whole idea of this guy obviously is a pro bowler when he's healthy, and if he's going to help your team win, absolutely. In my case, my team is the Buffalo Bills. Do I want Odell Beckham to to play for the Buffalo Bills right now? Personally, no. I don't think he's a good fit there right now because the way the Bills are going right now they've they've gone and kind of cleaned house setting a new precedent in the in the locker room for their the culture the team culture and all that kind of stuff behind the scenes and Odell bringing Odell in with with his off the field shenanigans and going on the boat trip and all that kind of stuff and his videos in the uh, hotel room with the pizza in the bed with him uh, and other things that we won't talk about right now that's not the type of guy that my team, the Buffalo Bills, are looking for. But at the same time, if I'm Buffalo Bills and we're on the cusp of that one player being the difference of making to the Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl or not, then yes, absolutely give me that guy. But if if you're in the way the Bills are right now where I don't see them going to the Super Bowl right now, no, I don't want him on my team. Uh, I see him as the quote-unquote cancer in the locker room type of guy. But uh like JT said, guy's a pro bowler. If he's going to make a difference of whether it's going to make or break me winning the Super Bowl, absolutely, I'll take him on my team. You know, I, I sit there and listen to you guys. And, and for me, you know, I, I've had mixed feelings about his antics and, and, and whatnot. And when you look at him from the player's perspective, as far as a player for your team, or for fantasy, obviously you want the guy. I mean, he, of the, you know, you talk about the Mike Evans, the AJ Green, the mm-hmm. Julio Jones, right. Hopkins. Okay. If, if it wasn't for the injury last year, and let's say you put his averages in for last year, regardless mm-hmm. of the, of the injury. All right. You're talking about a guy who of them would have the most touchdowns. You're talking about a guy who would have the second most yards and the second most catches. You're talking about basically the receiver that slots in numbers-wise between Julio Jones, number one, and Hopkins, number three. And that's just through okay. the last – that's over the last four years. That's how the numbers work out, okay, is that those are one, two, and three in those numbers. So, of course, you want him on your fantasy team. You want him on your football team. Here's what I don't understand, and here's why I would keep him on my team, but I'd be talking to my uh, veteran team leadership. I'd be talking to my Jeff Cross on the team 
You know, we've had him right. on the show, friend of the show, Miami Dolphins defensive end, talking about how they used to handle players in a locker room. If you had a troublemaker or you had a problem with somebody, they had various ways to handle it. And I'm surprised this uh, mysterious happening hasn't occurred in the giant locker room where somebody just uh, makes a point to this young man that this is a, this is a big business and maybe you should start acting like it. I, I, I'm waiting to see that. I'm hoping that, and if it's on the Giants or not, that, uh, you know what, as long as we get a good deal for it, I don't attach myself to anybody's name. I, Jester, I really don't care. What? Jester, so as a Giants fan, though, when you look at how abysmal your running game was last year, how much of that do you attribute to not having Odell there to stretch the field and keep the safeties on it? Do you think with him in there, your running game would have at least have been uh, a semblance of, of average or, or at least somewhere around there? No, I, I really attribute the running issues more to the offensive line. We have enough there. You had enough between just Shepard and Ingram alone to pull, and in particular Ingram, to pull those safeties back, to make those safeties have to drop back. Uh, so my my thing with our running game was more the offensive line that really, truly needed retooling. Does having Odell out there help? Oh, yeah, of course it's going to pull people. But it, it just leaves you like 60 70% of the teams out there with a standard offense. They don't have that Odell out there, but they still manage to run the ball. True, true. Well, the the two teams I'm hearing the most for him are the 49ers and the Rams, and I think both spots are are fantastic uh, landing places for him. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan would have his uh, Julio Jones out in San Francisco, if you will, and you just look at what the Rams have done this offseason with perceived troublemakers like Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib. They've added these people to their roster without hesitation, uh, and I think that's going to pay dividends. Uh, if the Rams aren't the odds-on favorite at this point, I don't know who is. Tate, any last thoughts on this? Um, pretty much like JT said, uh, and I just sit there and say, you know, who on the if if Odell stays on the Giants, who on that roster right now is the person that, as you mentioned, is going to quote unquote put put Odell in his place or speak up and be that veteran guy to go and approach Odell? Who on the, who on the roster is going to do that other than Eli? And obviously Eli hasn't, or else it wouldn't be happening still, you know, and you you look at, you look at some of these teams like JT just mentioned the, uh, the Rams or the 49ers, you know, the Rams, you got Lynch is there in their or not the Rams, the 49ers Lynch is in their front office. You know, if Lynch is bringing him in, he can have a good talk to him before he sits down and signs him. Uh, Lynch was a leader back with Tampa Bay all those years. And uh, you go to you go to the Rams. They're a nice young team building and whatnot. But McVeigh has proven that he's. I I think in the time that he's been there so far, McVeigh can control those guys, put those guys, tell them, hey, this is how it's got to be. And he's earning the respect of the players, and he's taken them in that huge leap that they took last year to get into the playoffs. So people are going to listen to him. He's got control nice. of the team. Understood. Completely understood. And you know what, Tate? Uh, I'll close out with this. That was, that was great, guys. Great, uh, great job on both of your parts. The idea is this, and you really, really, really touched on it. 
because once upon a time, and uh, they had a quarterback in Chicago named Jim McMahon, and he had a problem with a wide receiver listening to him, and he pretty much told him, would you like to make it in this league? Because I'm in charge of how many times you see the ball. And if they had a quarterback like that in, in New York that said, you like being a superstar? Do you want to stay that way? Do you know I'm in control of that and your next contract by how many passes you see? I'm not personally going to ever go anywhere. I'm a two-time, a two-time a Super Bowl champion. Had Eli stepped up like that, maybe things would have changed, but that's not Eli. That's not a Manning style of how they handle things. No. They handle things a little bit more passive-aggressive in, in, in their handlings. Great stuff. Great stuff, guys. You know what, folks? we got to keep it going. We're going to go ahead, take a break. A little word from our sponsor. Hi, everyone. I'm Sasha, and I'm here to tell everyone that before you go to Lowe's or Home Depot, you should go to 84 Lumber for all your building needs. For the best prices on building materials, call the location near you today. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you are listening to the hard-hitting Fantasy Jester Show. I, I'm glad you guys threw that one in there just uh, for my Pittsburgh hater there. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that one. Folks, as we continue moving on, we're going to talk a little NBA now. And Fultz is back. You know, Philly trusts the process, and now they're getting a guy that they're waiting to see. And really, there was some question whether or not how much he would play this year, how much he won't. Uh, what is his impact this year moving forward? You know, so, uh, JT, go ahead. Why don't we start you off? What do you think? What, what are we going to see from him this year uh, moving forward and obviously next year? Well, you know, I, I honestly want to take you back to draft night and question the pick to begin with. You look at a guy that dominated the ball in college, needs the ball in his hands, but if you look a year earlier, the team already took that type of player in Ben Simmons, a guy this, this season's averaging 16 points, eight rebounds, eight assists a game. It's more of a point forward, kind of the Scottie Pippen type of role where your, 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 your offense is run through your forwards. So they need Markel Foles to play off guard. The guy was a good shooter in college, was a scorer, uh, you know, right around 20, 23, 24 points a game four or five assists a game, four or five rebounds. But if you look, that role's already filled on that team with J.J. Redick, an off guard to sit back, camp out on the three-point line, shoot the ball. Uh, I think he's 19 years old, let's be honest. He's still young. Uh, did he come back and he shot the ball horribly, uh, 36%. Uh, he's turning the ball over. But I think this is a guy that once he finds his role, and I don't think it's going to be a traditional point guard either, once he figures out his role on that offense, I think you see a guy that can be your second or third leading scorer and a guy that, well, let's be honest, they're 45 and 30. They're looking at a playoff spot. You know, once mm-hmm. they get in the playoff, can be a guy that can match up on defense with people and maybe lead your team in scoring a couple times, take the heat off of Simmons. But still just I don't understand the choice of that. But they're going to have to work with what they got. Well put. You know, I'm seeing me personally as far as minutes per game the rest of the way, maybe about 19, 22 minutes. Are you with me on that one? Yeah, rotational. Yeah, sixth, seventh man. Give me yay or nay as I go down this list. Ready? Double-digit points here on out. 
Nay. Four to five rebounds a night. Yay. Seven dimes a night. Nay. Won't happen. Steal a game. Yes, I'll give him that. Currently, folks, so that you all know a little bit about Mr. Fultz, he is carrying a 15 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. Just some stuff you want to pay attention to. What are they going to do with him? Pay attention to some off-season moves, what's going to go on in the news pertaining to him. He is talented. He's got Simmons in front of him. And he's got Simmons in front of him. So, again, trusting the process, they have this all worked out somewhere. We'll find out more on that one next year. But, again, this year, 19, 22 minutes. uh, This is what I'm personally calling for. Uh, You know, because he is inconsistent from the field. He is. He still has that inconsistency. But I still think he's good for double digits because he's going to get 19 to 22 minutes. Uh, And I really do feel strongly about that. Double digits, uh, four to five rebounds, seven dimes, and uh, definitely a steal a game. Uh, Very good. Very good defensively. One one last thought on him, Jesser. Here's here's why I said nay on, on the points per game. You look at okay. a guy in college that was a less than 65% shooter from the free throw line, and in the mm-hmm. NBA he's down around 56% right now. If this guy can't bang his free throws, I just don't think there's going to be enough shots for him when you have guys like Covington, Reddick, McConnell, Ben Simmons, Embiid that are taking a lot of these shots. I just don't think there will be enough balls for him without upping his free throw percentage by at least 20 points. Last question, then. All right, I'm sorry because i got to go off of what you just said then. Because of that, because of his free throw percentage, is that something that could hinder him from full-time minutes? Or is that something that the rest of the stats are just not going to match? You know, they're going to be so great, they're going to be willing to overlook that. I think if he finds his role, they'll be willing to overlook that part of his game. Because from the field, he's above 50% shooter for a guard. That's fantastic. But... Again, I think they'll overlook that, but for him to reach full potential, he's got to work on those free throws. No, no, I got you. No, folks, we're uh, we're going ahead. Like I said, I wanted to touch a little bit on that because a lot of people have asked me what my opinions were. I wanted to get uh, JT's opinion on that. Now, what I want to do is I want to switch over, and I'm going to start out with Tate uh, because I have mentioned – Uh, the New Jersey Devils and the NHL. And one of the people that I truly, I love talking to uh, JT about it. Don't get me wrong, but he's, you know, he's just lost in his Pittsburgh world. And and Tate, Tate, I enjoy talking hockey with. He he knows the sport. And I want to ask you, Tate, right off the bat, let's start with you in the hockey. Are the Devils this year's team that people are watching out for? Or do you have somebody else that, Really, nobody's talking about, and people should pay attention to. Well, the Devils definitely are a contender, and they can be scary once the playoffs hit. They've got a really good young base of players in in the team there, but uh, I don't I don't think this is their year to go all the way. They'll they'll make some rumblings and upset somebody, maybe win the first round, but I don't see them going going much farther. I just think. In the East right now, there's too many teams that are, um, I guess, that much, but be- that just enough better than them right now, that 
I don't see them going going that deep in the playoffs. Like I said, maybe winning around, but in the East, there, the obviously Tampa is a team that that everybody's been watching all year. They've been first place most of the season in the East, the Eastern Division there or the Eastern Conference rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think they're they're the team that's that's to watch. Uh, Pittsburgh, obviously, I know you don't want to hear it, but they're two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. You can't argue that. So even yep. if they're not quite up to the same level that they've been the last couple years, they know how to do it. They know what it takes to get there. They're gonna they're gonna make some noise as well. And uh, another team that is right now above New Jersey in the standings, that as you said, no, you wanted a team that not many people are talking about. How about the Columbus Blue Jackets? Again, I don't think that they've got enough to make it over overly, but somebody that nobody's talking about that's had a fairly good season overall is the Columbus Blue Jackets is a team to keep an eye on. Okay. All right. I, I, I like the uh, Blue Jackets simply because they have a goaltender that can go ahead and get hot, and we've seen it throughout so many NHL seasons. If you get a goaltender that's rolling going into the playoffs, uh, that's that's that that team can sweep. That team can just ride him out, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. JT, who are you throwing at us? I know it's not the Devils. You know, I, something tells me that your mastermind knew this. You were going to make me say this team, which almost makes me as sick as saying the New Jersey Devils. But that team that's right above you in the standings, the Philadelphia Flyers. Claude Giroux, 93 points this year. Voracek with 80 points. I mean, they've got the offense. They have goaltenders with, you know, 2.6 for New Worth. Uh, Elliott's at 2.75 on goals against. So they've got solid enough goaltending. They've got a lot of, a lot of hitters on that team. They're just a physical team. Starting to kind of remind me of the old school uh, Broad Street Bullies a little bit. Um, and physical teams like the, like the Devils used to be back in Mr. Danico uh, in their day. Those are the kind mm-hmm. of teams I watch for in the playoffs. Teams that physically beat you up. Columbus, a few years ago, gave the Penguins fits in the playoffs because they beat us up. So the Flyers are a team that I, I just think people need to start paying attention to. Yeah. All right. I, and I can go along with that. But let me ask you something. And, and just real quick, and then we'll we'll change gears. we got to get the – I can't wait to get the baseball tonight. I really can't. Um, but let me ask you this. Does the regular season record against teams matter? And everybody knows where I'm going with this. The Devils mm-hmm. are three and one against uh, Pittsburgh, and three and zero against Tampa Bay. Two of the top teams, obviously the elite teams in the league. They are they are currently six and one against that those teams. Does that not matter? Uh, to me, it's all—it's a different story. When the lights get brighter in the playoffs, you see what teams are made of. Uh, there's teams in the regular season that coast and then turn it on once the playoffs hit. So uh, to me, it, it, it matters some, but I don't put as much emphasis on it as others may. Yeah. Let, cool. let me jump in and, and throw this out there at you. Uh, kind of a different perspective, but at the same time, I agree with what JT said, but let's look. You guys were just talking NBA for a second. I don't follow NBA a whole lot, but at the same time, let's look at uh, who's who's been in the finals the last couple of years, Golden State and Cleveland, okay? Somebody looking right now at Golden State and Cleveland in the NBA standings, 
are you looking at Golden State and Cleveland and doubting that it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland in the NBA Finals this year just because they're sitting at third or, or fourth in their division or second second in Golden State and Cleveland's third or fourth in, in the standings, I believe, right now? Are you looking at those two teams and saying, oh, it's not going to be Golden State and Steph Curry and Draymond Green and you know of those guys and versus LeBron and, and the Cavaliers? No, because everybody's sitting there and saying, okay, these guys are just coasting. Regular season, yes, it matters, but at the same time, no, it doesn't. Same thing, NHL. There's teams, yes, regular season matters, but playoffs is a different story, right. especially in the NHL. The playoffs is is everything in the NHL. And there's a team like Tampa that I mentioned They've got the experience at this point. That's where I think your Devils, yeah, they've got the potential to do well and be a contender for the long term. But right now, they do not have the playoff experience like a, in a, like a team like Tampa or even the Capitals who failed the last few years. But they've got the experience in the playoffs. They know how to win some games. So that's what, that's my point of view on it is it playoff experience is – is king. Well, it'll be interesting to see uh, both NHL, NBA. We're coming up on that time of year. As we're coming up on that time of year, don't forget next week, it is the end of the NHL season followed by days later. It's the end of the NBA season. Next week, we'll be getting into all the NHL, NBA, even further in depth. One of the things that we were getting ready to go to tonight and wanted to just go ahead and touch about people were asking about the auctions. Uh, we had to go ahead and delay everything. We had, <laughs> I'm going to share a funny story with you, a very quick and sad story, and then we're going to go ahead and get to the good stuff. And uh, people had been wondering uh, the Make-A-Wish, if Make-A-Wish was real and uh, all that, and decided to go ahead and check on it. And, uh, well, Fortunately, everything is uh, actually correct. The auction is for make a wish. Um, I don't know anybody who'd really kid about that. But this is the world today. So now that it's all straightened out and everything's in order and we're getting ready to set it up, this week, look forward to the article that was supposed to come out last week. Yes, indeed, folks. That's the world we live in. And next week, we'll have full details. Pucks from the devil signed. Tampa Bay Lightning jersey signed. Signed baseballs. All for Make-A-Wish. Yes, folks, the real one. <sighs> anyway, moving right along, folks. You know what Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. That's right. If Jim's talking, it's got to be MLB time. Let's talk a little bit. You know, we've had opening day the other day, some interesting occurrences over the past couple of days already. Quickly, I mean, we're seeing Judge out in center field. We alluded to earlier on the hard now having to get called up early injuries. And then we're going to follow it all up 
with the crop report. But right now, let's go ahead. Let's kick it back off. JT and Tate are back with us. JT, first couple of days of baseball. What are you taking away, my man? Well, I have to say, as an A's fan, frustrating start to the season already. Uh, the injuries is what I'm taking. You mentioned the injuries that the Yankees are having, but some of the pitching injuries, just the amount of pitchers that are going through Tommy John now. Um, you know, I missed I missed on that. I wish I would have uh, jumped in on the whole James Andrews thing with the uh, ligament surgery uh, because this guy's making a killing right now with the amount of injuries we're seeing in baseball. But we've seen some excitement. We've seen some ninth-inning heroics. Uh, one of my favorite stats that I've seen so far this year was uh, George Springer becomes the first player in MLB history to finish a season with a home run, his walk-off in the playoffs to win it, mm-hmm. and start the season, lead-off home run the next season. So, you know, some guys picking up where they left off, if you will. You know, you mentioned in your lead-in, we talk a little fantasy here, you mentioned your lead-in guys cutting guys already. Uh, amazing <laughs> to see the lack of patience <laughs> after two days to see guys that are perennial all-star caliber players getting their walking papers. And the guys they pick up will be here for maybe a cup of coffee if they're lucky, uh, platoon players at best. So people don't don't make snap decisions. Pitchers tend to be a little ahead of batters this time of year, at least from what I've seen. Give these guys a chance to get into their, you know, settle in. Um, funny thing of the day. You know, I like to mention the A's. It's funny. The A's Twitter account throws out there, since Trout homered off him yesterday, goes three for four with a pair of doubles today. Uh, Mr. Trout, whatever we did to you, we apologize. Please leave us alone. So it's nice to see guys like Trout, Harper, Cindergard, you know, a guy that a lot of people thought highly of last year who, uh, you know, had injury problems, come out strong with 10Ks. And is there anyone that looks more dominant right now than Max Scherzer? So those are some of the some of the takeaways that I've had from the first few days. I'm looking forward to us getting into a full week of baseball next week, a little bit more of a normal schedule. And last thing but not least, Eric mm-hmm. Burns, you are the craziest person I have ever seen in my life. You're <laughs> running last night at the 50th anniversary. Your dance routine on MLB Central, dude. You're you're exactly what the A's are. You're crazy, but you got to love people like that. Baseball is back, and I'm glad of it. It is. It's a fun time. He he just he's having a ball. You you just watch that man. He was having a ball, and that that <laughs> run out that run out was just spectacular. It, it really yes, was. It was. Tate, yes, it was. How about you now? Well, I know you've had an opportunity to watch some uh, games, and and uh, you know from your pinstriped fan eyes there. Uh, what can we uh, get from you? Well, I don't want to be too much of a homer. But uh, obviously, I'm happy oh, no. with the uh, the first two games the Yankees played. It was nice to see Stanton come out in game number one in the in the Yankee uniform. I won't say in the pinstripes because they're on the road, so the 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 road grays. But uh, his first game out, two home runs. Nice to see him uh, picking up where he left left off in the National League last year. Uh, I also like to see uh, Tanaka yesterday. Um, we talked during spring training you were mentioning about him uh messing with his arm or stretching it weirdly and such mm-hmm. but uh yeah. he seems he seems to be fine uh six innings gave up three hits one earned run it happened to be a homer on a bad pitch but uh eight eight strikeouts and uh quality starting to win 
He's uh, looks like uh, Tanaka, the Tanaka of old, or whatever you want to say. So it's nice to see that. But uh, something I I found I always enjoy the games that go extra innings. I've had a couple of those in in day number two of the season. Yesterday you had the uh, the opening game for the Tigers and the Pirates go 13 innings and they they just uh, hammered it out 13 to 10 final just batting the crap out of each other and then uh, last night super long game Cubs and Marlins going 17 innings and a little interesting tidbit from that game that I enjoyed seeing was to the point that uh, the Marlins last night in the 17th inning brought out Odemar Despagne there's who was supposed to be their starter on Saturday today brought him out in the 17th inning. He pitched one inning of scoreless baseball and got the win last night in the 17th inning for the Marlins and yet still went out and started today's game against the Cubs. And they are current, currently tied up at 2-2, two to two, but Despagne is out there with 4.2 innings, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, and five Ks. Right now, as we speak, the possibility of being the first uh, two-game winner of the season in two days. So... An interesting tidbit on him. Not necessarily somebody you want to go grab in your fantasy team, but interesting tidbit to uh, look at. So nice. There's been a lot of good things, and you go from coast to coast. And I'm already. I mean, they're one in. Listen, the Mariners are one in one. And folks, if you haven't read, we've got a guy on FantasyJusticeSports.com, Jordan Swafford. And complete Seattle, dude. I mean, JT and I pretty much we love you, Jordan. But I pretty much came up with if you if you missed the interview with Jordan, great writer. But I, I put him at Definitely. Keanu Reeves at Point Break. Uh, JT, where'd you have him? Oh, Spicoli, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, he is he is the complete laid back West Coast dude. What's up? Got that real laid-back vibe. Love him. But I'll tell you one thing, J.T. Tate, he's already I, – I wasn't sure what we were getting uh, from him and how he handles his fandom. You think I'm bad or Tate's bad or J.T.'s bad about being fans of their team? My God, this guy's lighting up my phone on a team that is currently one and one <laughs> On that, though, on that Seattle team, though, uh, Nelson Cruz hits a home run, celebrates, and slips on the dugout. X-rays are negative on Whoops. the ankle. He's out for days. 37-year-old, when they <laughs> fall, uh, you never know how long it's going to hurt for, folks. You just never know. dugout steps are painful. You never never know. And they are very, uh, yeah, they're hard. I, but, no, I see so many things going on in the fantasy world, people. Understand, it is the first week, okay, and that things go on, and it's a full season. People panicking early. Stop it, okay? You can tweak your rosters. I understand tweaking your rosters. I I don't understand full panic when you're dropping guys, like JT mentioned, that are just, you know, I've seen all-star caliber guys get dropped in a money league. And it's just, I'm just sitting there going, you got to be kidding. I am glad I'm in your league, buddy. Um, Can I jump in on that note for a second, too? Sure, sure. sure. Something 
some a way that I look at things is you went and had your draft and you picked the players that you wanted and you put them on your roster. There's always going to be a player here or there out there on the waiver wire that some that got overlooked or no somebody forgot about or whatever. Yeah, go ahead and grab those guys. But at the same time, generally speaking, the way I kind of look at things is I drafted this team. I drafted these guys for a reason. Let's stick with them. Don't make the rash decisions right off the bat. If you're grabbing a guy, whether it's a guy to to have for now, whether it's a, a dynasty league and you're grabbing a guy for long term, don't make those rash decisions. Give the guy, give them some time. Give your give your team a week or so, at least a couple of weeks before you're starting moving things around. Other than the occasional injury, you know, give the give it some time. Everybody starts off slow sometimes, and you got to give them some time, let them get in the groove of the season the first couple of weeks of the season. Anybody else a fan of using the DL spot to stash players? Because I see people that don't, and I don't understand oh. that. Is there is there a purpose to that? Because me personally, every time I – as long as I have a DL spot, I've got somebody in there. Am I, am I wrong or – No, I absolutely. I mean, I – I had uh, Justin Turner, uh, for example, as a guy I, dr- I had as a keeper on my team in in the one league, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting for them to put him on the DL. They finally put him on the DL just before the game on opening day, and so I put him on my DL spot, and then I went and grabbed a guy by the name of Michael Brantley in Cleveland who's looking really good, and I put him on my roster and immediately moved him to a DL spot to make room for another person on my, on my regular active roster. So absolutely. If you got so the you ability go. to have guys on your DL to stash, go for it. Yeah. See, I look at that differently. I'm res- I look at that differently. I'm reserving my DL spots for my top four or five guys to go on them as they normally do in late April or early May. So those reservations are made. Those rooms are already taken. See, so, you know, I've just, I've got to save those for those players for later on. Uh, but, all, all, all joking aside, to me, not particularly because I have guys on my roster that I'm going to have to cut when they come back anyway, and I don't really want to sit there and make that decision. I've got the guys I like. I set my team up the way I want it, you know, and, and something along the line of what Tate was saying about picking up those guys for the Dynasty League. One thing that we haven't mentioned yet was how mirror image Vlad Jr. and Vlad Sr. look side by side when Vlad hit the walk-off the other night in Toronto to uh, left center field, they put a side-by-side of their swing, and, man, is scary how much they look alike. That's going to be a fun guy to watch going forward. Absolutely. No doubt, no doubt. And that is somebody that we'll be keeping an eye on as we get ready to talk about Unless that crop report was the Jester, JT, and Tate crop report coming to you every week during the baseball season. Folks, this is where you're going to sit, and this is the perfect place for you people who really just don't have the time to do the research. Sit back, let us do it for you each and every week, let you know what to expect, who to keep your eye out for, Maybe keep a little notes on the side that, you know, or in some of the leagues you can put a, like a little watch flag up and all that stuff. These are the kinds of guys. And 
last week, JT really, you know, he gave a, a pretty good tease there about who has a higher speed rating by, by the scouts mm-hmm. than Billy Hansen. So, yeah, so last week I dropped that tease out. Who do a lot of scouts say has more speed than Billy Hamilton? Well, I want to talk about a guy that started his career with the pinstripers up in New York and was traded down to Oakland. Shortstop second baseman Jorge Mateo, who does have an 80-run rating, which is the top rating a scout can give uh, any player. Billy Hamilton does as well from listening to some of the Major League scouts, guys that I actually have been doing this for a long time that I respect what they have to say talk about a guy that over his first six seasons as a pro in the minors, he's averaged 59 stolen bases a season. And a guy that if if you've seen this guy play, if you got a chance to watch it down in Nashville or you saw him in the Yankees organization, or maybe you saw him this spring training, he gets out of the box from first or two first from the box. It reminds, reminds me of Ichiro. How, if you remember how quickly Ichiro used to get out of the box and get down to first base, extremely explosive down the baselines, runs hard. We're also talking about a guy that's got deceptive, sneaky, raw power, guy that hit 15 home runs. There's room for growth for this kid. Oakland's got big plans. He's part of that infield of the future of him and Franklin Barreto, another guy that's down at Nashville right now that, uh, Jester, you've talked about in the past. So Jorge Mateo, keep your eye on this kid. I don't think it's going to be long before we see him Jed Lowry's had a history of injuries through his whole career. Uh, and Marcus Simeon has a bat, but the glove is just not there with this kid. So keep an eye on Mateo. This is someone you want to put him on your watch list. As Jester said, you have the flag. He's coming, and I don't think it's far away. Well, you're talking about a guy that apparently at one point during a season, as, as he was coming up and all, the team – that managed the kid felt that it was necessary to run him 99 times. And of those 99 times, he was successful 82 of them, 82 right. steals in a season. Uh, that'll just give you an idea of the kind of speed that you're dealing with. Uh, and uh, I really like the kid. And like JT said, you're going to get double digit homers out of him. You, you just, his his upside on this is somebody that you have to go ahead, get your pencil, get your paper out, and write down Mateo. M-A-T-E-O. Keep it to the side. Remember, JT gave you him. Take a look at him. You'll be wanting him later on. Keep an eye out for either JT, Tate, myself, going out there and posting when he's been called up to all of you. Correct. Tate, Tate, what do you have for us? Well, I'll talk about uh, Scott Kingery, is, uh, who I'll bring up for our crop report. Uh, okay. He made some news the other day. The Phillies uh, signed him to a big deal. Even though he hadn't made his MLB debut yet, the, the Phillies signed him to a six-year contract, which puts him locked up through the 2023 season, but also has three club options for uh, 24, 25, and 26. Uh, it's $24 million guaranteed money, uh, paying him about $13 million, $14 million, and $15 million in those club option years, meaning wow. it could be up to $66 million bucks that they signed this guy to. Uh, you don't put that kind of money on a guy 
for him to uh, not be uh, somebody that you expect to do a lot at the major league level. Um, last year in uh, 2017, he played at double A AA and triple A played 132 games, had uh, 26 home runs, 65 RBIs uh, in 130, I'm sorry, 603 plate appearances, 132 games. So uh, he batted 304 with a 359 OBP and 530 slugging and uh, 889 OPS. So this guy, guy to, he's going to make a big impact coming up. Uh, he did make his debut not on opening day, but he played uh, on day two yesterday, Friday, went two for five in his debut, and he's uh, one for two today. He started at two different positions too. So uh, keep an eye on Kingery, somebody he's already up. He's probably available in a bunch of leagues. A lot of people may have picked him up with the uh, big contract news the other day, but if he's available, he's somebody to uh, try to get your, your hands on. His second baseman is his natural position as well. So uh, second base is one of those positions also where not a whole lot of super depth. If you can get a good one like Kingery to, for the long term, get a hold of him and keep him. Yeah, I could tell you one thing. He's not available in any leagues. If you're listening and playing one of my leagues, you know where he's sitting. Guy goes ahead and goes through across those levels, okay? And he's going through these levels and never hit below 300. I'm just – never hit below 300. Let me just say that one more time because it rolls so nicely off wow. the tongue. I wish I, wish yes, I could say that. I mean, imagine being able to sit there and go, yeah, I've, I've really so far this has been pretty easy. I haven't hit below 300 yet. I'm waiting for the competition to start. Yeah. And, to, and to, to kind of piggyback what you're saying real quick on him, the Phillies front office and coaching staff have flat out said, we plan on using this guy in this super utility role. So the ESPN where they accrue eligibility, second base, shortstop, third base. He might even play a little bit outfield. So he's going to be a guy that you can plug and play a lot of different places by the all-star break. So uh, another reason just to keep an eye on this kid. I would, uh, and I would say – it's probably a fair statement to say Marwin Gonzalez uh, like uh, yes. eligibilities by the time midseason rolls around, correct? Yes, yes. There you go. If you missed out on Marwin or maybe you missed out on Taylor, you saw Taylor's got a bunch of eligibility uh, positions. This is a guy pay attention to. Now, obviously, I'm going to go ahead. I, I like I like the – pitchers give me a give me a good pitcher give me some good arms I, I believe in the arms race I build it to last you know if anybody plays in any of the Yahoo leagues against me you have an idea of how I start out and I pretty much just draft my hitters and then I'll build the pitching as it goes on because well first of all there are five not one not two not three not four but five starting pitchers on any given team. So that is the most populated position. Not like the first base, second base, third, or short. So, of course, I like to save the pitchers because, yes, it is the most populated. It is also the most called up, the most changed from middle relief to starter. It is the position that just, it's the most accessible. I leave it to last. I'm telling you all, I don't care about pitching until the season starts. 
Then let me see a couple pitches that are still on the wire that I believe in. All right, fine. And then I pick up a guy like this, and I just sit there and I wait. Because he'll be up. He'll be up. His name's Walker Bueller, 23 years old, 6'2", 175, L.A. Dodgers, 24th pick overall in the 2015 draft. In high school, he threw 94. He was an honor student with a 4.3 GPA, and that led him to go to Vanderbilt. Let me tell you something, folks. His baseball prowess started at a very, very early age. As he, he, he was in the Eastern Little League. He was a prodigy back then. To the point of this, 140 strikeouts, 140 Ks to 62 innings for 2.25 Ks per inning. That's two and a quarter Ks per inning. Now, he was slowed by Tommy John surgery right after he signed with the Dodgers. And he's all, but now he's on the men. He's on a Dodgers team. When he gets called up, he's going to be on a Dodgers team that was in the top 10 in offense last year that scored 4.8 runs a game. So he's going to get that run support. He's also going to find time on that roster long before September. Let's be honest. No matter how much you might love the Dodgers, let's be honest about their pitching staff. Kershaw's back is a question mark. Wood has never pitched a full 200 innings. Kenta Maeda is, well, really? Kenta Maeda. You have Rich, don't call me over the hill, the 38-year-old man. And Ryu, who's not really a street fighter anymore. So, I can see this kid coming up probably, uh, and this is going to be my pick on it, probably around July, right around the All-Star break, give or take a week on both sides of that. I'm going to ask my uh, my cohorts on this one, their opinion, as we get ready to check on out. Tate, your feelings, Bueller, we see him this year, and if so, when? I do think you see Bueller at some point this year. Uh, I believe – Possibly earlier, I think he's going to be probably the second guy called up in case of an injury or a spot start or something like that um, in their organization. They, they're just deep in the pitching. But uh, I do I do think you see him sometime this year. If they hold him up, it'll be the, the wonderful service time thing. But uh, I definitely right. think you right. see him up this year. All right. All right. Real quick, JT, yes, no, we see him? Oh. Oh, yeah, we see him, and I think it'll be sometime around middle of May. Middle of May? A little earlier, huh? Okay. I- I'm still saying right around the All-Star break, folks. Next week on the Crop Report, I'm going to give you another pitcher. Long before he was drafted, he was scouted by Nolan Ryan. That season, he went 9-1 and with a .31 ERA. He struck out 126 in 68 innings. This has been the Fantasy Jester Show. I am the Fantasy Jester for JT Tate and the whole gang. This has been, oh, no, oh, no, you didn't. That's right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, we're going to be without Tate. We've got <laughs> we've got some things in the store for next week uh, that we'll use with Tate's spot, as you will. Uh, and, uh, folks, This past week, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you all made us 
at record proportions, downloads, streams, and all that stuff, all that, all those numbers that people give a crap about. I just know I love what I do, and you help me do it and help it grow. JT, Tate, and the gang want to thank all of you for your support, for your love. Have a great night. We'll see you next week. I'm the Jester. I'm out of here.